Today's thoughts are prompted by a new book that came to me without even asking for it. It was quite amazing. It's called Time Warrior by Steve Chandler. The subtitle is How to Defeat Procrastination, People-Pleasing, Self-Doubt, Overcommitment, Broken Promises, and Chaos. Maybe you've got one or two or all of those things in your life. Steve Chandler is amazing. So you're probably going to hear me talking about him more and more and more. I have enrolled in his program, his 2019 program. It's called ACS, which stands for Advanced Client Systems, which is a really fancy way of saying... (laughs) Or, well, it hasn't started yet, so I'm still kind of learning about it. But it's a very grounded, humane, thoughtful, compassionate way towards building a coaching practice that is kind of the opposite of the online marketing content funnel machine. My awareness of Steve Chandler came about via a book called The Prosperous Coach, that another coach suggested that I read. And each chapter is no longer than two pages, maybe three at the most. Time Warrior is the same way. And there's just so much wisdom baked into each page. Some counterintuitive ideas, some irony, some hard truth. There's just lots of lots of really good stuff. And what I really love about his approach to building a practice and finding people to work with is that it just happens one conversation at a time. It's not manipulative. It's not slimy. It's not desperate. And it's all about providing massive value and being compensated for it. So as part of this program, we are being given any number of different books, audio programs, audio books, and I am just eating it all up and just so thankful for being in this program and the, and the start that we're off to. It doesn't really heat up until, I believe it's February of next year, but because I signed up for the early enrollment, we get monthly calls with Steve and these different books and different materials. There are a few things going on that just coincided that I just had to do an episode on this. So I've got some more ideas on email, some another breakthrough I just had that just was right in front of me, and then just some other ideas on time and managing time. There's also some themes of the story we tell ourselves, which, again, I know I'm probably becoming a broken record about that, but there's some real power there as well. So in the first chapter, he talks about, he quotes Bruce Lee. The successful warrior is the average person with laser-like focus. And then he says, but what if the average person has no focus, laser-like or otherwise? We average people are usually too diffuse to connect with anything. We scatter our forces. We try to please. We unconsciously change ourselves every day while desperately trying not to. We try to cling to the foolish consistency known as a permanent personality, but it never holds. One foul mood sweeps in and no one recognizes us. Or a buoyant mood overcomes us and we get our hopes up. Then the mood fades and we become someone else again. 
And he goes on, all the energy it takes to try to hold this mediocre personality, this one consistent person together, could have been used to create something. He often talks about the distinction of creating versus managing. But who knew? I mean, really, when you were growing up, who told you that? You had a hard enough time dealing with Santa not being real. How are you going to handle yourself being a total fabrication? So this idea of focus has really been in front of me because as I continue to focus on building up my business and practice and looking for ways to serve more people, the leaks, I continue to look to to plug the leaks. And I got a few of them. So I'd say the three, three key ones that I've really been hot on are email, the news, particularly about political events in our country, United States of America, and social media. So here's what I'm doing about each of these. And maybe as we're going through, as I'm going through this, maybe ask yourself, where do you waste time across a day? Is it procrastination? Is it thrashing, you know, just grinding away on something and not getting anything done? Uh, you know, where is it that the hours kind of slip by and nothing you did was conscious or intentional? That's the thing that I'm really becoming more and more aware of is what am I intentionally focusing my time on? Am I consciously creating something? Am I consciously completing something? Or am I just kind of an autopilot trying to delete emails and get my inbox to zero? Like what, what am I doing? What, what is, so when it comes to email, I have the amazing luxury right now of not being connected to a team. So the notion of needing to respond to other people in a team environment is not as high. Now I still have the need to be very responsive as it relates to my clients and prospective clients, but it's not the same type of thing. So in the introduction to the book, Steve Chandler introduces this idea of nonlinear time management. Nonlinear time management is a commitment to action in the present moment. It's looking at a task and choosing now or not now. If it's not now, it's got to be never or placed in a time capsule that has a spot on the calendar and therefore out of the mind. The mind must remain clear and empty of all future considerations. In nonlinear time management, there is no line extending from my mind into the future. No tapeworm of unfinished business coming out of my body. Nonlinear time management is best expressed by Alvis Presley when he sings, It's now or never. Come hold me tight. The old-fashioned time management program had a huge, burdensome focus on the future. The line of tasks stretched out forever into the future. It was fear-based, and it was overwhelming to have so much of a future to carry around with you. It resulted in massive pathological procrastination. Everything got put off in the name of perfectionism. Nothing was bold or reckless anymore. Therefore, there wasn't much astonishing success happening for the world-weary practitioner. But when I teach people to go non-linear, a strange thing happens. New life and energy comes in. When they open up their emails, they don't get to save them for later. They have to deal with them if they open them. Like little attackers in a computer game, there's no longer anywhere to hide. Life becomes a great game and everything is handled right now on the spot. All fear comes from picturing the future. 
Putting things off increases that fear. Soon we are nothing but heavy minds weighing down on weary brains. Too much future will do that. That really sparked this idea about only opening an email and dealing with it. It also plays into this idea that Mike Vardy often shares about our physical mailboxes, the physical mailbox at your house. So you don't go out to the mail. In other words, you don't store your mail in your mailbox. So you don't go out to the mailbox, open a letter, check it out, stuff it back into the envelope, and leave it in the mailbox. You empty the mailbox, bring it into the house, and hopefully if you have a good system... Oh, actually, my system is I bring it into the house, I open everything, I throw the, I recycle the envelopes, and I put the bills in a special place or set them somewhere that I know that they'll get paid. That's my system. It's simple. So when it comes to email, why is it that we open it and then I'll come back to that and, oh, let me see what this person said. And <laughs> so I was looking for a way to handle this. And I realized that what was utterly killing me was the preview feature. Now I use Thunderbird to pull together a few different email accounts. So Thunderbird is where I spend a majority of my time. Well, I realized that I was using that preview pane to see what was in each message. So effectively opening the envelope and then just leaving it in the mailbox to come back to later. And so what I did was I turned that preview window off. I don't know how many years I've been looking at this preview window and using it to see what was in. It would be like if every you know piece of mail that came in the mail, you could see through the envelope and see what was inside. So it's been game-changing. It's much easier to delete stuff. So now I'm just going, just like you would with you know junk mail that comes in the mail, a lot of times I'm just looking at the su- the subject line. And if the subject line doesn't grab me, I'm deleting it. Whereas when I had the preview window open, I was, yeah, I would look at the subject line and say, eh, I probably don't need to know about that. But well, what the heck? There's the preview window. I can see what's inside. Maybe there's something good in there. Now without that preview window, it's so much easier to just delete it. I haven't been totally perfect with this notion of only opening it once, but it's been totally game-changing, at least so far in this first week, to not have the preview pane there and to consciously ask myself, okay, you're about to open this email. Once it's open, are you going to handle it and deal with it? Do you have the capability? Do you have the time to do that? And if you don't, don't open the email. The other thing I've practiced for a while and I totally recommend is if you have an email that's a task, get it into your task management system. So I just use a simple email alias, and I will just forward the email to, a tr- to my Trello board, which is where I keep everything. Then I can put a date on it, give it a deadline, that kind of thing. Um, Todoist, which is uh, another to-do application that a lot of people like, they have a, f- I believe they have a couple plugins that you can also do the same thing by just clicking on an email and turning it into a task that then gets added to Todoist. I'm still using Trello as kind of my deep, deep storage for everything. So all of my to-dos that I don't want to think about go there. 
I subscribe to each board, even though I'm the only member of the board. And then for things that are time sensitive or need to be actioned by a certain date, I give them a date, I give the card a date, and then I get an email notification as the time nears for that thing to be done. And then I don't delete the email until I've dealt with it in Trello. That part of it's a little clunky, but it works enough. So that's the new thing I'm trying with email, inspired by this thing from Steve Chandler in his book, Time Warrior. When it comes to the news, I finally just implemented Greg DeKernesberg's approach of just creating a very simple hosts file. Now, for the non-technical people out there, uh, so each each web address, so like CNN.com, is really just short for a particular series of numbers or an IP address that goes to CNN's server. So what I did is I created this little geekery on my Mac where all the lookups for all the news sites go to nowhere. <laughs> so if I try to go to CNN, it just the site cannot be found. If I go to the New York Times, same thing. All the news sites that I would use to frequent and waste time at and get depressed and derailed, I have effectively blocked. And so I'm turning to other sources for news. One of them that I really like are really short podcasts. So NPR has like a five-minute top of the hour summary. The Wall Street Journal has a couple as a morning and an evening one that's about seven minutes. And then the New York Times has an excellent like 20, 30 minute podcast every day on something called The Daily. I'd like to think that between those sources, I'm getting some semblance of the news, realizing that each source has its biases and all that good stuff. But I like this way because it's it's contained and when I'm listening to a podcast, I usually finish it and I'm done. I don't like go looking or clicking into a black hole of oblivion and wasting hours of my time. I can also listen to it while I'm doing other things. The other thing I've continued to do is read the Wall Street Journal at the co-working space. Someone subscribes to it there, they leave it behind, and I pick it up even if I'm reading it a day or two later. I'm usually not missing anything that important. And if it's super important... I'll hear about it somehow. Social media. I did something radical with Twitter. I may live to regret it. I don't know. I essentially unfollowed everyone and added most of the people that I was already following to a list, to a private list. If you're wondering why I'm following no one, that's what I did. I may live to regret this. I don't know. I also blacklisted Twitter in my little host file, so I can't go there either. And so far, I haven't really missed it. If I need to go to Twitter, I just go to a different computer. I spend some time on Facebook, mostly in the groups. And again, I've gone through all the groups where that are the noisiest that I don't care about, and I've turned off the notifications. So I don't get any type of notification in email. The important ones, I do get an email notification. LinkedIn, I'm kind of active on, but I find that the... The news feed or the home feed there is just usually this like just really boring. Uh, <laughs> everyone just sharing the latest articles from their companies, and I just find it incredibly uninteresting. Not a lot of value there. Although I have seen some people encouraging 
people that want to be more active in LinkedIn to share more personal things in that feed, which I would totally welcome. Maybe I'll start doing that. Another thing that has also kind of a leak or it was, it was a leak kind of on like my psychic energy and it was the amount of clutter, whether it be physical clutter on my desk or just the growing sense of clutter and disorganization of all the files on my computer. Like not being able to find something and just really finding that annoying. So I set on a mission to centralize and organize all the files that have been piling up over the, all the computers I've had over the last 10 or 15 years. And that's really starting to come into focus and be awesome. Uh, a great Mac program I came across that I've been using for a while, it's called Daisy Disk. It does a really awesome job of telling you where the biggest, like it sorts, it's super, super quick. Um, so it, like ind it indexed my terabyte drive like in 10 seconds. And so it helps you find kind of the biggest offenders in terms of space. Also just a ton of duplication that I've found. Whereas a computer died or I got a new one, I just had all the files laying around. And so really getting that streamlined. Dedicating one, one older laptop for pictures. So all pictures get imported into photos on that, that computer. So far that's working. Although it makes me a little nervous that I have this one file, this one photos file database or whatever that's, I think, oh, 30 gigabytes? Like, what if that thing gets corrupted? Do I lose all my pictures? I hope not. The other thing that's been super handy in this effort is Dropbox. I have the terabyte, the $100 a year paid plan, and that is fantastic for archiving, like, podcasting, projects. What I typically do is I create everything in a Dropbox folder and then I have another folder in Dropbox that I'm not syncing to my computer. I call it like no sync or something like that. And then I use the web interface for Dropbox to move folders from maybe the primary podcasting directory, like for the jump for this, this podcast, I move it once an, once an episode is published, I move the project files into this no-sync directory that doesn't get synced to any of my computers. So that then frees up space locally and then just kind of moves it into deep storage into Dropbox. The one downside of this approach is if you create a brand new folder, most, at least from what I've seen, that new folder automatically gets synced on all your computers. And so... When I'm doing this for starters, especially if I have a lot of data, I have to go to each computer and I don't have that many of them. So it's not that big of a deal, but I have to go to each computer and manually say, no, don't sync that folder that contains, you know, 50 gigabytes of previous podcasting episode project files. So again, my challenge here is be on the lookout for the leaks in your own life. Where are you wasting time? What are those patterns that you see across individual days or weeks or months? And then what can you do to plug those leaks and really focus your time on the things that matter? So I'm glad to have a conversation with you about this. It could be about time management and prioritization, uh, feeling overwhelmed, 
how to get organized. Why can't I get organized? Uh, my experience in discussing these topics is there's always something several layers deeper underneath that. So whether it be what storm am I telling myself about being disorganized or my ability to organize, it's always something a little more complicated than what's presenting. So anyway, we can talk strategies and tips. We can dig into the root of what's going on. We can just have a conversation and see where it leads us. We can also help you craft a new story. So send an email to podcast at johnpolster.com and we'll take it from there. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates.